Hear that? It's the sound of you catching up on all the latest and greatest fintech news, trends, and updates thanks to Streetworthy, Yield Street's bi-weekly newsletter. Stay in the know with CEO Melinda Mahiri as he takes a closer look at what's happening in the fintech space, then breaks down what each story could mean for investors like you. Give your portfolio the edge it deserves and subscribe to Streetworthy on LinkedIn today. Welcome to The Yield, the official podcast of Yield Street. Every week, we bring you the latest market insights across our asset classes and products from subject matter experts. Our aim is to break the outdated mold of investing and help you add financial fuel to your ambitions through innovative investing products and strategies, typically unavailable to most investors. Realize your next level with The Yield. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. The views you are about to hear do not necessarily reflect the views of Yield Street. This podcast is intended to be strictly informational and is not intended to be and should not be construed as a research report, investment advice, or the offer or sale of securities or any investment product. Now, let's get into the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Yield. I'm your guest host today, Joe Sancio, Director of Strategic Marketing here at Yield Street. As always, quick housekeeping agenda. Remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere that podcast can be found, as well as our YouTube channel. Just search Yield Street and it'll come right up. Make sure to hammer that subscribe button and like. Five-star ratings on Apple and Spotify are always welcome. It helps investors like yourselves find the content and jump into our community of alternative investing. Without further ado, now that all the boring stuff is out of the way, we have a very special guest today, entrepreneur and digital creator, Nicholas Crown. Nicholas, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So you've definitely seen Nicholas on TikTok and Instagram. He takes us through all the different experiences from the eyes of the rich versus the really rich. Uh, Nicholas, it's a pleasure. <laughs> I have thoroughly enjoyed your content uh, over the last few months. Been a big fan, and I know the rest of our team most certainly has. Yeah, I don't think you can avoid it at this point. I hear that even when people unfollow me, they still see it on their For You page. So you're going to watch it whether you like it or not. I think. <laughs> it's fun how those algorithms work, isn't it? I love them. I love them. Those so, algorithms are my friend this year. <laughs> it's, the, it's the year of the algorithm for me. Love it. And it's fun to see uh, as a content creator, you have to appreciate the different platforms kind of competing against one another where you have TikTok, which essentially made it super gameable. That way, all yeah. you saw immediately tens of thousands of views and Instagram with Reels has attempted to follow suit, uh, but has gotten a little backlash from it. So mm -hmm. they all have different, for me, they all have different virality curves. The TikTok is super fast. It's, it's intraday. You know, sort of where you stand, uh, whether you're going to trend, whether you're going to blow up, you know, that really within a few hours, uh, where Reels has a longer term curve, you sort of see whether your content is getting reached in, in, in the days as opposed to the hours. And then YouTube, um, it's the weeks. So you sort of have the full timeline there, uh, depending on the platform you're using, which as a creator is, is really powerful because you can start to stack your workflow accordingly. You test content on short, the short end of the curve. Now I'm sounding like a bond trader again. I told you I wouldn't do this. <laughs> um, you, test, <laughs> you test content on the short end of the curve and then you start, you start to roll out successful content uh, as you go down the line. That's, that's definitely been some advanced techniques here. <laughs> so let's not, not give away land. let's not give away trade secrets just yet <laughs> i do want to dive into your background and give everybody in the audience because i'm sure it's actually a question we've gone around since everybody in our office and friends family they all know your content 
So congratulations mm-hmm. there. It's gone far and wide. My godmother, who actually works for an investment bank, she's in her 60s, addicted to TikTok. I told her <laughs> I was interviewing you today, and she freaked out. It's like, oh, my That's God, awesome. I like follow them all the time. I was like, oh, wow, that okay. So there we go, justification. But give everybody a little bit of info on your background, how you got started in finance, and, and really who Nicholas Crown really is. Sure. Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's a huge anecdote. I want to tell my brands that we've got the 60-year-old market covered, too. Um, <laughs> they're always saying, oh, you're on TikTok. It's got to be a bunch of 18-year-olds. But, no, I started, I started my career sort of, well, at the perfect time, like the worst time ever, 2008, financial crisis. For me, it was popular for everyone to go to Wall Street, so that's what I did. I wanted to make a bunch of money, uh, so graduated from school and basically went right to work um, as a fixed income trader. So... That's what I thought I wanted to do. You know, Where did you do movies. your undergrad? Just curious. I, yeah, I was, at, I was at Cornell in upstate New York. Yeah, so I, was, uh, I graduated in 2008, perfect timing. Flew out to London, did the training program for Barclays Capital. This was before London had good food, just so everyone is aware. Um, this was, London was still kind of figuring itself out. They, Canary Wharf where the... Where, they, have, where the they, have good, they have good food now? It's better. <laughs> It's I'm totally kidding. I apologize, London. That's only my opinion. Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's gotten much better. So shout out to London. Uh, you guys are figuring it out. Um, well, I, look, I'm, I'm from New York originally, so I just have a chip on my shoulder. Everyone's not cooking as good as we are. But started the career out, my career out in London, uh, came back, and to just total disarray. Uh, Lehman Brothers basically went belly up. Uh, I was on the front lines of that. Uh, I was in, on a desk called Repo Trading. Go ahead and Google it. It's um, it's the back end of the bond market. There's another way to say the back end that we used to call it. You could read between the lines there. This is a family-friendly program. But what I did was is I learned the bond market inside and out. But my manager was immediately replaced. Lehman Brothers basically came in and cleaned house, even though Barclays purchased them. It was kind of a unique time in history. Uh, so just living through a state of flux. You know, you go home at night and you start to say, like, hey, is this really what I want to do? forever you know i was able to be a chameleon in the business and continue to reinvent myself and stay relevant which is critical um on a trading floor when everything is becoming computerized (laughs) so you know being extra smart and inventing new products in different ways to trade that's just kind of how i survived and um i survived and probably stuck around a little bit longer than i should have uh it was just never the fit for me i think i'm a lot better at making funny videos on my phone than i ever was as as a trader uh, on Wall Street. So what Wall Street taught me was just an incre- in, a totally insane work ethic. Uh, I'd never seen that freakish level of meritocracy in my entire life. So anyone who says, says that Wall Street isn't a meritocracy, it, they've never been down there. It's, <laughs> it's, it's the ultimate meritocracy. So I left kind of at the high, the high point of my career. I was a director at UBS and I had built my own desk from scratch. Uh, so I built a basis trading desk uh, at UBS and, uh, you know, from all, from all outside perspectives was a pretty happy camper, but I just, man, I just wanted to do something else, uh, long-term with my life. So yeah, I made the hop uh, around 2014, 2015. Did it ever get tired of kind of, cause I know it's, it's funny. You mentioned something, uh, number one, I started my career out in muni bonds. So I know kind of a bit of the pain there. Uh, mm-hmm. not always the most exciting things in the world. And I came in two years after year 08. I was 2010, so didn't have the fun, full experience of the recession that you did. But does it ever get tired? Like, so number one, the pace, 100% true. 
can and again even startup and fintech world now the pace is blistering at all times but in terms of innovation having to keep reinventing yourself did that ever did ever kind of get tired of like you just felt like you were inventing reinventing yourself to survive instead of to actually continue to enjoy doing something I mean, you know, the, the irony here is I picked another business where you have to reinvent yourself on a monthly, <laughs> yearly, quarterly basis. So I, I guess I keep doing that. Maybe I built that skill set on Wall Street. But here I am again in the content universe and the startup community where staying fresh is absolutely critical um, for your audience sake, making sure you're presenting something new and exciting uh, at, at this point, day in and day out. And then for your the fierce competition in, in the startup landscape being competitive. So it is what it is, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I mean, within the content creation realm, how would you describe your content? Because I, I would kind of say, and I think maybe most would call it sketch comedy for financial education. How would you mm -hmm. describe it? I, I mean, it's sketch comedy from someone who never did sketch comedy or acted in his entire life before. <laughs> you make I mean, it. You so, make it look easy, though. So there's that. Thank you. I, I mean, this is like anything else. Uh, innovation can come from the outside, right? It's like supposedly mathematics is forwarded by physics. The, the, mathematicians don't push math, physics, physicians, or was it physicians? Physici physicists. Physicians, <laughs> I think, wrong. are doctors. Physicists. <laughs> yeah, right. Don't let the glasses fool you, everybody. That's, that's effectively what I did, I think, in content world. Um, I've got a lot of creators who are professional comedians. Um, they're film and TV actors, and they get bogged down by it. You know, I'm just like, I'm this crazy guy that sh just basically showed up after building a startup that, again, didn't solve the problem of having any form of freedom in his life. I, I built a digital agency and kind of hit this million dollar point and was like, wait, I'm unhappy again. What the hell? I built the wrong damn thing. Um, so just to, just, just to clarify timeline here, you went from being a director at UBS, mm -hmm. running and building your own desk to then jumping right into building a digital agency. But there was a couple months of european holidaying and in, in between and <laughs> spending lots of my savings but, but as, but as yeah. business ventures go that was that was the timeline yeah no i didn't i you know maybe i should have like tried farming or something a little bit more t toned down in, in between but i just for me it's there's i i sort of am hooked on the intensity of life so i pick i pick things that i guess are a little bit hardcore and i think where we are in content is I mean, this is the one of the most hardcore things you could possibly do. Stick your face on a screen every single day. I suggest everyone do it. Had it of all the, well, that would definitely help everybody in our business for sure. If uh, everybody just attach a screen to your face 24 seven, mm -hmm. um, if it's yieldstreet.com or Nicholas's Instagram, even better. Uh, so that being said, how did you land on the idea of, okay, I'm going from the world of like traditional investing in finance to digital agency? Were there other yeah. options for you or was it just always you saw what the future held in terms of content and digital and that was that? I went to the digital, my my inroads to creating a digital agency was actually through SEO. So I got really into SEO and I saw how much opportunity there was to build a helpful and profitable business. Like you're actually helping people grow in a really methodical way and you're making a lot of money, money doing it. So to me, that was just, it just felt, good and i through my network i live in miami now through my network in miami i just knew a lot of like agency owners and these guys sort of uh, just would via osmosis i'd pick up their process about how to scale and how to manage these types of things so i, I built it relatively fast it scaled up the agency in about six months um 
and it was it was wildly successful we had we had happy clients but uh you know like i said before i i, I what i learned after sort of toning the starting to automate the agency and, and break it down into pieces was i got to start with the end you know i can't build these things going i want to make x amount a month i need to say what does the thing leave you with <laughs> what how much time does this thing leave you with uh, at the end of the day that you've built if you build a monster that consumes your life you built the wrong damn thing in my opinion you know <laughs> so i think we need to be really conscious of lifestyle when we build businesses and we go to work i have plenty of friends that have absolutely no problem working around the clock i just i do need for my for creativity's sake to have that that space to just walk outside what you is know, it? What is, Google Google I think calls it they give or they used to give their employees I think like 20% of their of their week is their like brainstorming or like brain activity time yeah. to just kind of shut down do whatever they want around the office or wherever these days and that helps them create and just kind of decompress but also some of their best ideas. Yeah. I mean this that's not it's not just like this nice perk, right? Like putting you know, Snickers in the break room. It's, it's legitimately a way to drive innovation because innovation is driven in those in-between moments, not in those head down, um, you know, grinds. Innovation is driven in the sort of open-minded, creative playfulness. Uh, that's where the magic happens, you know, not when you're like, all right, we got to f- solve this problem. I, I, f- I forget the French poet, but it, it was called the stairwell effect, the stairway effect. It's like you find the answer. The, the most elegant answer to your problem comes as you're leaving the room in the stairway on the way t- out the building. Um, <laughs> and I, I think Google understands that. Otherwise, they wouldn't do it. It just, it's sound business. Giving people 20%, I mean, we know this. We know the phenomenon, right? It, uh, I think Gmail is a result of this 20%. Uh-huh. Yep, definitely. I mean, come on. Yeah. They're doing something right with that twenty percent. I I gotta say I think the my my moments of enlightenment far and few in between uh, definitely come in the shower, and that's exactly. a, yeah, maybe a little too. not safe for work, but it's the time I think your your brain's just either firing like starting to fire up or fire down depending on the time of day, and uh, you're mm-hmm. relaxed and just kind of zoning out for a little bit, and then all of a sudden, like you said, that aha moment occurs, mm-hmm. and boom, there you go. That's your new. I, I haven't invented Gmail yet, but uh, we'll see. I think I still got you'll get time. there. Yeah, you'll get there. Yeah, usually it's uh, you got to use the right shampoo and body wash combination, but um, that's, that's that's that stuff does happen. I might I, I, uh, I might have to switch yeah. it up then. Yeah, you're probably on the old spice. You got to try something new. <laughs> oh man, there goes the old spice advertising dollars just leaving the room <laughs> down the drain. <laughs> we'll have to get is Axe body wash still around? Jeez, oh, yeah, no. <laughs> we'll have to find new sponsors for this yeah, thing for sure. So. Going and diving into the content, I know I, I've been dying to ask, how did you come up with rich versus really rich? Was that a personal yeah. reflection of life or just something you always thought was funny coming from the world you did? Yeah, I think this jumping into short form content, jumping onto TikTok was it, that was methodical um, and everything else is, is experimentation. So I, I listened to a guy named Naval Ravikant. He's a total, total genius. Um, founder angelist he's kind of like a poet philosopher character out there and he's just does he describe this new form of leverage in society and my ear just sort of like okay and he's like it's not software software is one form but this is even newer than software okay what is it you know tell me Nibal. And he said it's media because media used to be permission-based now it's not i had to get on the tonight show to do my song and dance before right i had to 
phone into the radio to tell you about my wild experience at the newest restaurant opening, whatever it is, right? Now I click my phone on, right? And I just start talking. And potentially if the messaging is right and my audience reacts accordingly, I have as much reach as a radio station, television station combined for free. It's a wild, it's so, a wild concept for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I heard that. Um, and I, I own a few little software companies, right? Um, and I'm like, I'm never going to be the next Zuckerberg, right? Coding in a hoodie and in my apartment, like, you know, whatever. Is it because um, you don't wear hoodies or? It's because I don't wear hoodies, obviously. <laughs> um, so I, I looked at this and I said, but I could do that. I said, I could definitely do that. So just like anything else, I made a bet with myself. I said, okay, you're going to do this for 30 days every single day. And what you're going to do is you're going to play around with as many different ideas as possible and see if anything hits. Uh, so I did a I, I did a 30 day experiment. I didn't tell a soul that I was going to do this. Okay. You know, there's nothing better than a 30 something year old guy coming in the gym and saying, Hey guys, I'm going to be a TikToker. You know, that just didn't, it just wouldn't sit well <laughs> with some of my friends. So what I did was I started out with things I knew, right? Everyone's like, you know, what makes you uniquely you? So I was just like value, 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 digital marketing, SEO, lifestyle design, digital nomading. I traveled around the world, like whatever it was, different types of habits and routines. Like I'm a big, like atomic habits guy, right? It, just throwing just as much value as I could. And then I, I was getting thousands of views, you know, and I said, okay, this is kind of interesting, but is that really that unique? Like anyone could read atomic habits. Anyone could build this sort of lifestyle design. Anyone could go in digital nomad. And I said, what the hell makes me, me? Um, and I just was like, I'm like a weird, I have like a weird obsession with like this wealth culture thing, how different people can process reality in, in completely different ways. So I was just super fascinated by that. And I have a heck of a lot of examples in my life to draw from the right way and the wrong way. Um, so I created the first skit was uh, the two characters in a restaurant. And one sort of is, is like, you know, wants to know the name of the farmer that raised the cow. And then the, the next one was just like two beers in a bottle, two steaks, medium rare. Don't come back here unless you're a gunshot. Like, <laughs> just... We're good. So in the beginning, it was all about, it was all about how one character, the rich guy was just taking from you, taking time, sucking energy. And the really rich guy's like, is, is saving you time. He was a little bit shorter. He was a little bit more curt than he is today. Um, and that was what I saw on wall street. That's what I saw down in the, in the commodities pit when I, when I was a little kid running tickets, um, I saw that it's not rude. It's that I'm busy. So are you, I respect your time and you respect my time. Um, what I found was there was a deeper matrix to these character traits. And over time, the really rich guy, I found that he was a lot more interesting when he was even more humble, when he was even more, um, interested in the other party right? The other party might be a server. It might be his accountant. <laughs> it does, so it doesn't really matter where you are in the social strata. Interested in other people is a winning strategy, period. Okay. So the characters definitely evolved over time. They didn't stay static, but the, the clear message here is humility uh, wins. 
fundamentally it wins having a uh, an attitude of of uh gratitude it wins being self-centered doesn't work <laughs> in business and in life so these are i, I have a, a myriad of real world examples to draw from professionally and you know in in my family and uh, my argument is everybody knows no matter where you come from everybody knows the really rich guy because everyone knows the guy that walks in the restaurant. Hey, Tommy. Hey, what's going on? Hugs everybody. And you go, who, who is that guy? It's not because he's the richest guy. It's because he's the richest in spirit, period. We all know that guy. And what I'm trying to do with my content is introduce that guy to everybody and break him down into pieces so you can learn from him. That's actually really, really fascinating. I think a much deeper view than a lot of people get from just initially consuming one or two of your videos and mm -hmm. it's funny because you one thing you said stuck out with me and I, i'll never forget this story it was about like investing or learning from others where the really rich guy becomes just wanting to kind of speak to others be a bit more there there's a bit more humility in mm -hmm. in that character as you put it there's a story about and again forgive me i'm going to bring up michigan football it's out of character for me but it was jim harborough and there's a story that he was like 45 minutes late to a practice one day and when they asked him why they said he stopped at a bus stop and was just watching the crossing guard do their job and was like utterly fascinated because he wanted to know what made them like the best at their job and it didn't matter that this person like he's this is jim harbo he's the head coach of one of the most well-known football team college football teams on the planet and there he is just sitting watching a crossing guard do their job in hopes of gaining the slightest bit of advantage that could help him be a better coach or a better person or a better professional whatever and that's it's it's wild that you do see those really really successful people do things like that on a regular basis where as as you put it the rich people may not take that level of interest or go that go that mile they're a bit more self-centered yeah that's a great that's a great story because my my argument here is the really rich guy is actually closer in touch with reality okay so the really rich guy walks in the room and always thinks he's the most successful guy that's a, a character trait that's burned into the i have a character matrix it's burned into his character he always thinks he's the most successful he always thinks he has nothing to learn from the situation so we know that this is, is is literally false, right? Even the crossing guard has a momentum and has some kind of style and elegance that's of interest to a top coach. There's always something you can learn from everyone. If you don't believe this, you're not facing reality. <laughs> and we all know what happens if you don't face reality. You lose, right? So the strategy of getting close to other people is a strategy of facing reality, and it's a winning strategy. What's the, the age old saying of if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Exactly. Yeah. And it, it rings true every day. And I think that's, I mean, at least here at Yieldtree, it's, it's awesome to see so many hyper, it's a hyper competitive, super, everybody's intelligent. Everybody's the best at what they do. And everybody's continuously trying to like out innovate one another, learn from one another, but in, in the most supportive environment too, whereas though. I do think it definitely rings true. And we just had our yield treat Olympics last week, um, in our company team competition, like a field day more or less, okay. but it was fun to see how many people truly 
stealing from Billy Bean here hate losing more <laughs> than they like winning. That it wasn't enough that you had a few teams go undefeated, but there could only be one winner at the end of the day. Sure. And yeah. Crown crown victorious. That's yep, that's <laughs> it. Uh so yeah, definitely definitely rings true. How do you tie finance and just personal finance investing into your messaging in your videos? Yeah. I I didn't intend to do this because I again it, it's important for me to make all this stuff my own or then I'll feel like I'm back at work. Like I'll feel like I'm back on a trading floor, you know. So what happened over time, I think, is I realized you not including this viewpoint and perspective that is such a part of you, you're actually starving your audience from a little bit more education from this type of stuff, right? So if, if you're making them laugh, that's, that's, that's hard and that's, that's valuable. But now can you make them laugh and a little bit smarter? You know, that ultimately for me is the powerful package when it comes to content, right? So you hear different types of words for valuetainment is one way to describe it, right? Uh, I'm trying to to not only make you laugh, I'm trying to make you smarter about personal finance. And that's just something that I have a little bit of an edge on as opposed to somebody else because I've spent so much of my life in that in that space. So just really sharing as much as possible there. You've done it, you've lived it. So you're speaking from a place of expertise and but you're also making it entertaining it's uh, i compare it to maybe the high school teachers or college professors that you had that didn't put you to sleep they it was entertaining they made it engaging so you were more apt to actually learn versus forcing yourself to stay awake to listen to something that you were probably going to forget three minutes later because it wasn't really fed to you in a engaging entertaining way so definitely applaud you for being able to do that why so why education though because you obviously have you have the comedy bit down that entertainment part is there you obviously like to provide value but and with your background like finance is ingrained in you at this point um so but why does personal finance and really helping educate others in that to kind of better their financial lives just hold so true to your messaging these days I think that there's there is just unnecessary amount of mystique on Wall Street, right? So the common the, the common passerby, the average person says, you know, I'll just never understand this. I'll always get it wrong. I'll always do the wrong thing when it comes to investing. I'll always do the wrong the wrong thing when it comes to my mortgage, right? And and I just always that never sat right with me. Um, so in, instead of approaching education, like here are the textbook lessons, I approach it almost a step before here's the mindset, right? So the mindset of the really rich guy is long-term. The mindset of the rich guy is short-term, right? Um, the mindset of the really rich guy around crypto is long-term. The mindset of the really rich guy around crypto is scalping, <laughs> algorithmic <laughs> scalping, flipping, we know that this doesn't work. <laughs> we know that adopting a longer term mindset and in investing is the right way to do it, especially if you're not a technician, you know, rip down any Warren Buffett clip, you know, we'll take his word for it. Seems like <laughs> the guy knows what he's talking about, right? It's long term, you know? So for me, I say, you know, whatever your time horizon is for investment, it's probably too short. You should double it. <laughs> right. So, um, pulling this away from the, technical aspect 
and saying like, well, you know, here are the here's the real driver drivers in, of inflation on te- on a technical level as via my theory on what's really happening. It's like, well, here is the way that this character would react. Here's the way that this character is getting prepared. Here's the way that this character isn't freaking out and running for the hills while the other one and you know who is <laughs> so so instead of um what is it how do they it's instead of um explaining i'm showing or instead of i'm just sort of showing you one step before the classroom lesson because nobody wants the classroom i don't want the classroom lesson either no classroom lessons are very difficult again it goes back to the idea of are you being just taught or are you being entertained and educated at the same time right so i'd rather have the two e's than the t i guess um and that's such a huge part of what we do here at a little bit self-promotion here but yield street we are on our podcast the yield at that and that's why we started it it's we're celebrating episode we just celebrated episode 100 we had nicole casperson on from the what the fintech podcast Thank you. Yeah, it's been a hell of a ride, and uh, we've loved every second of it. Can't wait for the next 100 to go and see what that brings. But at the end of the day, it's all about education. Alternative investing is something a lot of people aren't really even sure what it is. They're not comfortable mm-hmm. with it, and now more than ever, it's we feel it's important that people, if, if you're not currently investing in alts, you have to at least be educated and provided the opportunity to do it in the best way possible. So from our offering pages down to the content that we provide it's just as educational and just really really trying to be open about it and transparent and what it is what the risks are what the asset classes are why they're relevant and it's it's funny because term is something that comes up a lot and you said like have that long term like that just the long tail mindset of Mm -hmm. If you're thinking six months, probably think 12 months. If you're thinking 12 months, maybe think 12 years. I don't <laughs> It's It's there, yeah. but especially over the last two and a half years with the pandemic, the short-term quick hit wins where people instantly want to. We've seen it with crypto. People want to be a crypto millionaire overnight. Right. They want a 300% gain in a meme stock. I guess if somebody invested in Bed Bath & Beyond over the last month, they're doing pretty well, but I don't know how many people did that or have the wherewithal to do that, like you said. The technical right. technical prowess, the technicians out there. I don't know. And I, yeah. If you look at it, if you t- take what you're saying and boil it down into a content perspective, there's a lot more guys doing the quick flip content than there's guys doing the long term mindset content, right? And you know, I'm just not gonna do the quick flip content. Number one, I come from a I come from an algorithmic trading background. I've written the software. I built. I've dug the uh, fiber optic cables and put them under the exchange. I'm faster than you. Um, I was faster than Goldman Sachs, whatever. Like, <laughs> good luck, guys, you know, sitting in, in front of your MacBook thinking you're like, you're just not going to win that game. Um, so I know both sides of the argument. And for the average person, it's not, you know, you, you know, build a build a robot or, or, or start to manually scalp by hand um, some kind of oscillating thing that you don't understand (laughs) um yeah no thanks right that's just a really really poor way to spend your time and and my my push is always for people to invest in themselves in addition to the markets right like 
if you have, I call it your internal, I'm borrowing a consulting term here, your internal rate of return. What happens when you put a thousand dollars into yourself? You know, do you, what's, what is the yield look like on that? Right. And, um, you know, there's a lot of young people consuming content that I think need to consider what their internal rate of return looks like. And then look to the outside public markets or, or doing uh, different types of alternative investments or structured deals. And that kind of thing goes back to the education, right? Like investing in yourself. It's are you dedicating 10, 20, 30 minutes, 60 minutes a day to, to learning something new or doing something for yourself that isn't right. just binge watching a Netflix show or scrolling aimlessly on social? You could be on social, but you could also still be learning at the same time. Right. At Nicholas Crown, I believe, for Instagram, if you care. That's to right. At, Nic- <laughs> at Nicholas Crown. Uh, N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S. Shameless, shameless plugs. Shameless. Yeah, that's, uh, I think the pandemic, and it was funny, it was something we talked about with Nicole, Nicole on our 100th episode, but the way content's consumed and the way people are trying to educate themselves more and stay engaged. And I think it's something our platform has done a, a really good job of and others as well, but we continue to strive to do better. But you had people at home for so long. And it was funny because it was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm trapped at home in this work from home phase during the pandemic. It's like, I'm going to learn how to bake. Mm-hmm. I'm going to learn how to knit or I'm going to watch every show on Netflix where you had other people go to the full other end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And we're just like, I'm going to learn everything I think there is to know about being a day trader in one of the more volatile markets of all time. And you saw craziness, but it was also, there was a positive that came out of it. And I think you have a whole new era of people that are willing and even companies and influencers like yourself that are, er, oh, sorry, I didn't want to say influencer, digital creator. Okay, Um, no offense taken. (laughs) And, And really have that ability to learn themselves and it's it's really been fun to see that evolution over the last couple of years I, I think people are are getting hip to the fact that the biggest pleasure you can derive out of life is actually from progress <laughs> so um you know you talk about the different types of people in the pandemic look i don't care if it if you chose to bake or you chose to be, become a bmx rider or you became a crypto just that fact that you're doing something and taking ownership of your life and taking an educational stance, like go for it, whatever that thing is. I don't care what it is. Just don't be the guy that says, you know what? I've got two years to eat candy and do nothing. Right. <laughs> um, shout out to candy and, and, and cookies. Cause I'm a huge cookie. Oh, fan. what's your, um, what's your poison there? Sh- shout out to Oreos, everybody. Um, oh man. After my own heart. Yeah. Love it. By the call, by the call options. Um, <laughs> but f- for me, it's, it's like, the cool thing about content now is the the inherent value could be education. It, it, it could be. And if you combine it with a laugh, you're just making it even more. Uh, it's a lighter lift for someone to share. So, you know, as a, as a creator, you're always thinking about what's the inherent value here? What's the share factor? That's actually how you go viral. By the way, it's like it's sharing. Right. It's, a lot of people don't realize that it's, it's, it's it, you have to create something that's being shared. Not that every time someone sees it and likes it, that's fine. But the share factor is where the J ship curve comes from. That, that's just kind of what I think of is to combine those two elements. If, if you're laughing and you're learning something, I, I know that I'm, I'm creating something that's g- genuinely valuable. Absolutely. So speaking of value, I wanted to get your take real quick on what the really rich guy character you have 
would kind of be feeling about the market right now. Recession, mm-hmm. not recession, inflation, not inflation, opportunity areas for investing. What is the yeah. what's the really rich guy thinking right now? Yeah, so there's 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 a couple things that's happening, right? So there's number one is no panic. You're not pilfering tax advantage accounts and saying I'm selling, you know, and getting getting out of dodge, right? We're 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 taking this in stride and potentially adding to your portfolio at these prices, averaging in. Not that it's not going to get cheaper. It very well might get cheaper, especially depending on what we're talking about. But averaging in and just if you have some capital in your disposal, you're, you're definitely averaging in right now. Um, number two is definitely looking at hard assets. You know, it doesn't take any time a market is going in a, in a direction that you can't believe. Like it's generally that that's a pretty strong and quality market to be in. Like real estate, everyone's like, you know, the prices have to come down. You know, my rent just has to come down. Well, no, it actually doesn't have to come down because if you don't find yield in the stock market right now, you're pumping it to real estate and I'm just going to, you know, either raise your rent or pass on my, if my mortgage goes up, I'll pass it on to you. You know, real estate is an incredible investment from an ownership standpoint. And it, you know, when people are, are complaining, I just can't believe it. I don't know. It seems pretty strong. This is a different scenario. Like people are like, okay, I remember the housing bubble. This There's different fundamentals going on right now, in my opinion, in, in terms of real estate. So um, that's what I'm seeing a lot of in my community as well is, is hard assets. That, I mean, that definitely plays right into the narrative that we have really been preaching at Yield Street for quite some time. And again, our CEO, Melind, loves to talk about the 60-40 portfolio being dead, RIP to it, and that it it always, and that was one of the things that brought me to Yield Street, is like this idea, uh, for, I actually may have been uh, your buddy Warren Buffett that said it, but it is like people who are millionaires or multimillionaires have seven different streams of income at all times. Mm-hmm. And if you think about that, it's like, okay, great. You have a job and a stock portfolio. That's two. Right. And right. you hope one of the, you hope the stock portfolio is at least making you money. So what are the other five? And mm-hmm. that always kept my mind in And like you said, hard assets, things that have an ROI. And even if you're buying a house or a multifamily home or a condo that you're going to rent out, hey, that's a long-term physical asset. And now you're in the real estate game. Whether you mm-hmm. hold it for 30 years and derive rental income, doesn't matter, whatever. It's hopefully appreciating and you have that income paying it off. And as long as you're in the black, you're good, right? So, yeah, I mean, you're, you're in the, with a really long-term perspective here, you're, you're in a good place still. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Again, definitely not financial advice, just the most simplistic take I could ever give on just dipping your toe in the in the world of alts. Um, and we like to joke, I'm like, Yale Street's fantastic because we have all these different asset classes. Um, but even look at like art. Not everybody has $20 million to go buy a Basquiat painting. But if we all had the opportunity to invest in a Warhol or something like that, like would we? 100%. So... With that, I do want to touch on one thing. You brought up Atomic Habits, so I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, what are a couple habits that you have in your daily or weekly life that you would want to impart on our audience? Cool. Yeah, I mean, my probably my two most important habits that I think are the foundational habits are exercise, uh, number one. I exercise. I'm a morning exerciser, so you got to clear that hurdle before you can stitch together the rest of your day. So I think that's called habit stacking if you're a, a James Clear fan. But 
Um, for me, it starts with exercise, uh, fitness and, uh, part two is visualization. I'm a huge, huge, huge believer in visualization. Uh, there's a book in the seventies called psycho cybernetics, uh, from Dr. Maxwell Maltz. This is an incredibly strange and beautiful book written by a surgeon, uh, basically saying that, uh, your self image is what carries you forward and, and what leads ultimately to success. Um, this sort of idea in less scientific terms, uh, jives with a lot of the old school greatest hits of motivation, like, uh, uh, think and grow rich. And, and these kind of, these kind of things that I, I really do, um, enjoy reading is as seemingly silly as they could be, uh, in certain chapters, but I'm developing a, a visualization technology. Uh, that's something that I'm building uh, actually in the background that's going to sort of live, um, and support my message in, in content world. But, uh, to me, that's what sets my mindset for the day period. Uh, I think we have a habit as humans to drift over time slowly in the wrong direction. And even if it's just three degrees to the right, three degrees to the left, it's enough to send you off course. And if you've ever been in a boat, that's the ultimate analogy, right? Just the smallest little degree, you're going to end up in the wrong place. So visualization is, is like what I reset every single morning and go, okay, this is what we're here to do. Um, and yeah, it can come down to as much, you know, as micro as what piece of content do we need to create? What does that look like? What does that feel like? What's the, what is this podcast going to look like and feel like what's the vibe that's going to be in the room? How, 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 what's the takeaway at the end of it? If you can start to visualize these aspects of your day before you do them, in my opinion, you're, you're going to be a lot, you're going to land a lot closer to that perfect and fun and exciting vision than you would if you didn't do it. Olympic athletes do this. It's pretty well studied and documented the divers that wake up every morning and spend 30 minutes visualizing the perfect dive are actually more likely to have the perfect dive than the ones that are just training. So that's how I roll. That's absolutely amazing. I am definitely going to work on visualization a bit more. I don't think I've ever given that much thought. Uh, maybe in a physical sense is I have like 17 different lists of to do's running around, <laughs> uh, right. for myself, my team is very, very organized as uh, Brennan and Martin are in the room laughing right now because they've seen it. And, uh, yeah, exercise. I'm a night, I'm a nighttime guy though. So yeah, I've seen both. I've seen both work. It's just do it at some point, I think is the message. (laughs) Definitely. It can never, can never hurt making yourself a little bit healthier and a little Mm -hmm. bit better each day. Um, so Nicholas with that, any other parting thoughts, definitely give yourself a shout out, tell everybody where they could find you. Sure. Uh, Instagram at Nicholas crown on TikTok, Nicholas underscore crown. I've got a newsletter. It's called the really rich journal. It's part fun, uh, part finance, uh, culture and style. Check it out. You can sign up on the link in bio and all my socials. Awesome. Thank you for that. Everybody make sure Thank to you. hit up that newsletter, find them on Instagram and TikTok. And uh, as always, Nicholas, it was an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thanks for having me. This was awesome. Absolutely. We'll have to do it again sometime, maybe uh, when we're down Absolutely. in Miami. And uh, for, for sure. everybody listening, Thank you all so much for tuning into The Yield. Again, as always, you can find us Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere podcasts can be found. Leave a five-star rating and review. That's how we get awesome guests on the show like Nicholas and others like yourselves could tune in and learn from our amazing guests. So with that, thank you all and see you next episode. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Yield. For the latest updates on the alternative investing space, go to YieldStreet.com. 
be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. If you enjoyed the show, feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts as this will help other investors like yourself find our show. If you have any questions, please visit us at YieldStreet.com. Thanks again for listening and see you next week. The Yield Street podcast you just heard only reflects the opinions of the host, who is an associated person of Yield Street and does not necessarily reflect the views of Yield Street or any of its affiliates or other associates. The podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be and should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell any security and is not an offer or sale of any securities or investment product. The podcast is also not a research report and is not intended to be and should not be construed as investment advice. Support for this podcast comes from Yield Street. Trying to time the stock market can lead to regret. At Yield Street, our alternative investments are designed to create predictable secondary income streams, providing you with tools to help put your money to work immediately. These investments in asset classes like art, real estate, and legal finance typically have low correlation with the stock market and target annual yields up to 7 to 10%. Welcome to the next generation of investing. Welcome to Yield Street. Sign up today at YieldStreet.com.